0: Translating from one language into another, especially when we talk about sums or sizes of things which don't have a clear or direct translation, can be very difficult. I say this as someone with a college degree in Latin, and I've spent a considerable amount of my time as an adult and as a Dominican translating things from Greek and Latin into English. But, I, and I don't say this lightly, the translation in today's gospel is really poor. In the first half, we hear um, of the first servant owed a huge amount. The Greek here is 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. One talent is 6,000 days worth of works or sum. So he owes, what is that, 60 I'm terrible at math. 60,000 days worth or 60,000, he owes a lot of money. He owes an obscene amount of money. There is nothing he can do ever to pay back the amount of money that he owes the other servant owes 100 denarii a denarius was a day's worth of work it was a coin for a day's worth of work that's still a lot that's a considerable amount of money but that's a reasonable sum to pay back and it shows the disparity here in the mercy that is offered The master is owed an obscene amount of money, an amount that could never possibly be paid back. Even if he goes through with the selling of this slave and all of his possessions and all of his family and all of that, it still isn't going to come anywhere close to the debt that is owed. And each one of us has a similar debt that we could never pay to God because we are sinners. There is nothing you or I could ever do that would wipe away the distance that we create in our own life from God when we sin, especially when we fall into serious sin. It shows the greatness and the love of God for us, that He is willing when we turn to Him with a sincere and contrite heart to offer us mercy. He gains nothing from the transaction. But his love is so great for you and for me. When we go to confession and confess our sins, the Lord wipes away that unpayable debt. This is why, brothers and sisters, it is absolutely necessary that we go to confession and go often. I'll get back to that later as to why also. The second servant is justly punished for his debt, but it's unjust because of the the mercy Given to the first servant. And this is what happens in our life when we don't take the mercy from God and put that into our relationships. When we allow the hatred and the the frustration that we have with ourselves or with other people to fester, we don't allow God's mercy to cleanse us of that, we cling to those things, it destroys our relationships with other people. A few years ago, shortly after he was elected Pope, Pope Francis inaugurated, if you remember, the Year of Mercy. And in the Year of Mercy, the document that Pope Francis wrote called Misericordiae Voltus, the face of mercy, the face of God is mercy, is what that the line is there. Pope Francis says that mercy is such a thing, it is so powerful, God's mercy is so great that we should constantly contemplate the mystery of mercy. And our failure, this is my words, our failure to contemplate that mercy, to recognize God's love for us, the gratuitous love for us, is what leads us to inequality, to treating people poorly, to hurting other people. Because we don't recognize and take to heart the goodness that God has for us. In fact, Pope Francis mentions this very explicit gospel, this very specific gospel in that letter. And he says that God's teaching here is that the criterion for a disciple of Jesus is whether we share mercy with other people. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but when I hear this, it scares me. Because there is anger in my heart, there is frustration, and I don't think it's explicit or real hatred, but sometimes it could be hatred in my heart for other people. I allow things to fester. I allow things to hold on. And even when I've said, yes, I forgive you with my mouth, I don't mean that with my heart. And if that is the criterion with which we are measured for following Jesus, we all have a lot of work to do. We must contemplate on the mystery of mercy constantly. In the first reading, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight we see how that impacts our own relationships with others and the relationships that other people have with each other. As followers of Jesus, this cannot be our lot in life. This cannot be our choice. So there's a twofold thing we need to do. First, we need to beg God for his mercy constantly. Confession is something we should be doing almost as much as we receive Holy Communion. That is how in need of mercy we are. That is how in need the world is of mercy given to us, given to it, through the mercy we receive from God. We must go to confession and beg the Lord's mercy. If we want the world to be a better place, we have to recognize that that starts with me getting my life right with God. If you want to change your life, go to confession every month for the next year. Pray every night in asking God for forgiveness for the transgressions you have committed that day. Let the Lord change your heart. Do not be like the first servant who gets this grand and wonderful mercy, but it changes nothing in his life. Let that mercy that God offers you, which is his very self, pour over you and change every aspect of your life. And the second thing is this. Think of the people in your life who have sinned against you most grievously. Some of you probably, there's about a million names that pop into your head right away. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, okay, what's he going to ask because I really don't care for that so-and-so or such-and-such. Okay, that's the person you need to be praying for each and every time you sit down to pray. Jesus is very clear. It's not just seven times, it's 77 times. If you want to bring mercy into the world, you have to pray for that person who has hurt you. You have to pray for that person who is in most need of mercy. Our world, our country, our town is so divided along, you name the line. In fact, the western half of our country seemingly is, on fi- is almost practically on fire. That's as great a metaphor as there is for our world and our time right now. There is one thing and one thing alone that eternally quenches that fire of hatred and division, and it is the mercy of God. St. Paul, in the second reading, says this. None of us lives for oneself and no one dies for ourselves. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And the measure of our being possessed and possessing the Lord is this, the level of mercy in your life the level of mercy you ask for from God and receive because he never holds it back, and the mercy that we offer to our brothers and sisters.